Good morning. I'm so glad that you are joining us wherever you are tuning in from. We are really pleased that you're with us this morning. I am increasingly a creature of habit. I keep things in certain locations. That way I don't lose them. And if for any reason the keys aren't there or my wallet isn't here, something in me is uncomfortable. And the reason for that is because I hate loss. I hate losing things, a tool or a book or anything. I don't like losing things. Loss is hard sometimes for us to get our head around. 2020 has been a challenging year for many of us with so many reasons. For us as a family, one of our saddest moments was the passing of our dog. I've got a photo for the screen. Uh, I hate loss. I hate it. And no one is exempt from experiencing loss. Sometimes we feel like our experience of loss isn't the same as someone else's, so we, we shouldn't be true to it. But I believe we should be true to it because all people experience loss. There's a great quote I read by a Gordon Atkinson, and he said this, Knowing that there is worse pain doesn't make present pain hurt any less. Knowing that there is worse pain doesn't make present pain hurt any less. So if you are watching this and at this moment you are suffering a loss or a hurt, and it may be fresh and it may be historic, may I tell you that God loves you and that God also is sad that you're experiencing that hurt and that pain and that loss. If you've ever read the first page of the Bible, you read that the original plan, the original story starts well. It starts that people and God are in community and relationship, and it's wonderful. And there is no end to it. But then we, as people, make a mistake and go against God and do things that we shouldn't do. And that leads to death. And that wasn't part of the plan, that sense of Death and loss and grief was never meant to be like that. I believe that one of the reasons that pain and loss hurt so much is because we were, it's as if we were made not to experience it. And when we do experience it, it's a violation because we weren't meant to experience this, but we do. The good news is that isn't the end of the story. That isn't the end of the plan. God has a good plan. And God, too, hates loss. In the New Testament book of 2 Peter, it says that God doesn't want to lose anyone. And in the New Testament, we hear the words of Jesus echo something similar. Luke 13 says this, and this is Jesus speaking of the city of Jerusalem. And he says this, Luke 13, verse 34, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But yet you were not willing. This emotional language where Jesus is saying, I want to gather you all to me. I want relationship. I want community. And it hurts when it doesn't happen. 
God loves people. God hates loss. And as we see in this story, this analogy of a hen that wants to gather the chicks, Jesus wants to gather people to him. That was always the heart of God. And Jesus makes it possible. Jesus steps into our world and makes it possible to restore what was always meant to be the case is offered afresh. In the same way in page one in Genesis, we we made a mistake and we strayed from God. Jesus is offering a way back through his life, his death and his resurrection. And he wants to gather us again. And for many of us watching this, this is a familiar message. We know the story. We call it the gospel, which means good news. But it doesn't end there. It isn't just the heart of God that we would come to him, but it is the heart of God that all would come to him. And we continue the work of Jesus, which is to tell the story of Jesus. A very kind of biblical term would be to be a witness, to witness to what we have seen and heard. A witness is someone who tells what they've seen and heard. And we as followers of Jesus who have responded to the invitation to come are tasked and sent out and appointed with the opportunity and the invitation for others to join because God doesn't want anyone to be lost. And that includes you and me. And that we have a role to play in this story, in this good news story of invitation. So that's what I want to look at today. This is the last message of this series about what is God doing in the now, in the here and now. And I want to look at this idea of what does it mean to be a witness? And I want to make the statement in the now, we can witness now. We can tell the story of God and we can see it change lives we can connect with the heart that Jesus has, that he wants to gather people. We can witness now. If you've got your Bibles, we are going to look at the first book of the New Testament, the book, which is the book of Matthew, and we're going to be in Matthew 28. We're going to be at this well-known passage, but we're going to approach it from a slightly different angle. If this text is familiar with you, may I encourage you to be open to see what perhaps you may not have seen before. I often find in Scripture that something I've read many times before has the ability sometimes to speak to me afresh. Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Some context for the story. Jesus has been crucified on the cross and Jesus is risen and he is back and he is revealing himself to people. And it says this, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
I love this passage. I love what it shows, what it tells us that Jesus isn't dead. He's alive and he's back. And there's this moment where he regathers, which was always the heart of God to gather people around him. And there's this moment of wonder and wow and worship and hesitation. And then Jesus says, all authority in heaven has been given to me. And it's like he's saying, but I want to give it to you. and I want to send you out. These people have seen what Jesus has been doing. And Jesus is saying, I want you to do it too. He doesn't want us just to believe in him. He wants us to be co-laborers alongside him in what God is doing in the world. Let's explore this some more. They gathered around him. It says, they worshipped, but some doubted. This is a strange idea. If you've ever read this passage and not paused, I want you to pause for a moment on this idea that as Jesus appears, it seems fitting and understandable, almost logical, that there'll be worship and celebration and praise and wow and wonder and awe, which is what worship means. But in the same setting, it says some doubted. The New Testament that we read wasn't originally written in English. It was originally written in Greek. And if you study the word doubted, there's two words that are used in the New Testament for doubt. My Greek pronunciation isn't wonderful, but I'll try. The first word is diakrino, which means to doubt. And the other word, the word which is used in this passage, is distazo, which means to hesitate. There's a slight difference. I want to explore this. Hesitation sometimes is because we're so struck by the moment of wow and wonder that we're almost in a place of disbelief. Is this too good to be true? If I tell someone else, will they believe that it's crazy? Uh, maybe it is too good to be true. There is this kind of perplexed wow wonder moment. And in this passage, the word distrezo is more accurate of the response to some of the people, that they're hesitant. They're not doubting what they can see because what they can see is clearly visible, and that's wonderful. But there's a sense of hesitation in them. Can I really believe what I'm seeing? Is this too good to be true? And if I tell anyone else, will they think I've gone off the deep end? This idea of hesitation is easier to understand. Sadly, some followers of Jesus today might be counted amongst those in this passage who hesitate. They believe it for themselves. They enjoy the wow and the wonder that Jesus is back and has revealed himself to them. But their response, what they do about what they've seen and heard, sometimes is one of hesitation. They don't tell people. They might think, well, that's okay for you to believe, but I'm not going to say that. There is this sense of hesitation. May I encourage you, not rebuke you. May I encourage you. If sometimes you find yourself amongst those who hesitate, may I encourage you not to hesitate. May I encourage you that Jesus is saying all authority has been given to him. It's not on you. It's not your words your special skills or your ability to 
convince someone to think or to see things differently. All authority has been given to Jesus. It's not on your shoulders. However, may I encourage you that you can, you could, and you should witness to what you've personally seen and heard. Don't hesitate. Tell people what you've seen and heard. You may be surprised. In the New Testament book of Acts, we read the story of what happens next with the early church, what they do with what they've seen and heard. And in Acts 1.8, which is amongst the final words of Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says this, You will be my witnesses. The God who likes us hates loss has made it possible for relationship to be restored through Jesus. And he says, and I want you to be my witnesses. Recently, I drove along the road. And as I drove along the road, a few minutes before I'd got to a certain intersection, there had been a car accident. I wasn't the first at the scene. I was a few cars back. Uh, The emergency services had arrived and a number of other cars who had witnessed the event stopped and they have an obligation to stop and to tell what they've seen and heard and in many ways in simple language that's what a witness does a witness tells what they have seen and heard so it's quite interesting that in this acts passage jesus says to his disciples i simply want you to tell people what you've seen and heard You don't need to have the best examples, explanations, or Bible knowledge. I just want you to tell people what you've seen and heard. It's really accessible. It's really possible. We can all do it. And we're invited to. Later on in the book of Acts, there is this lovely explanation, this this great terminology where we hear the story and the disciples say we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard what they have seen and heard has changed them so much they can't stop talking about it also in acts 5 there is a time where the religious leaders and the law courts persecute the believers because they've spread the news everywhere they've told everyone and they they say this You have filled Jerusalem, which was the setting they were in at the time. They filled Jerusalem with this teaching. I love this idea. They don't say you've created churches and you've filled these churches with this teaching. They say you filled Jerusalem with this teaching. The story that you've seen and heard that you've been a participator in and your witness has filled communities. It's spread. In some ways, this accusation, in my opinion, is a fulfillment of what was always meant to be the plan. Followers of Jesus were never meant to just fill churches with this message, but were meant to fill communities with this message. How do we do that? By simply being a witness to what we've seen and heard. And even in 2020, during a worldwide pandemic, we can witness now. In Proverbs, in the Old Testament, verse 13 to 25, it says this, A true witness saves 
lives. A true witness saves lives. The word gospel means good news. We are living in a time of unprecedented bad news or misinformation or incorrect news. Gospel means good news. I believe that this moment in time is a ripe moment for the good news to be told. People need to hear good news. If you study the way Jesus ministered, if you study Jesus' teaching, he walked into a scene or many scenes of disarray and of bad news, and he announced good news. He announced the kingdom of God has come and is coming near, which means the way things were always meant to be. The rule and the reign of God is coming near, and that is good news. He walked into bad situations, and he announced good news. That's the way we should announce the good news of Jesus. So how do you share the gospel? How do you share the good news? I made the simple analogy that we're, that Jesus used. We are to be witnesses, someone who tells what they've seen and heard. This is how I would share the good news. I would break it down into some simple language. And it begins with good news. It can't begin with bad news. It can't begin with you're in trouble, but here's some good news. It can't be a bad story with a back door. It needs to reflect the ministry of Jesus, which begins with good news, but yet recognizes that we've missed the mark. So it begins with good news. I tell people that God loves you. And then I'll ask them, do you know that? Is that your lived experience? Often I'll ask this question just to see where people are, because I want to respect the other person too. I don't want to just speak over them. So I'll say something like, do you know that God loves you? And that he has a plan for you. Often people don't know that. And sometimes, sadly, the first thing they've heard from Christ followers is that they're in trouble and God is their enemy. Well, Jesus walked onto the scene and announced good news. The kingdom of God is coming near you. So I begin following this pattern that Jesus followed where we announce good news. And then I would ask them, not tell them, but ask them, Do you know that we've messed up? Do you know that we've missed the mark, that we've fallen short? And I know that I've done that. I've messed up. I've missed the mark. I've fallen short. You don't need to watch the news for long to see that humanity has missed the mark. It is very unusual that somebody would say to you, I do not believe I've missed the mark. I do not believe that I've messed up. The biblical language of the term that we're talking about here is sin. And whilst that word doesn't mean today what it used to mean in previous generations, the idea that we've missed the mark, that we've messed up and that we've strayed from God's best, we all know that. And then after I've told them that God loves them and asked them if they've missed the mark before, I say, do you know that God wants to change that? Jesus wants to redeem your past. Jesus wants to forgive everything that you've done wrong. And he wants to restore relationship. And this is not about religion. This is not about ticking a form. This is not about Sunday church attendance. But this is about knowing God and being known by God. 
This is about the fact that in these dark and uncertain days, we don't have to live them alone, but God walks alongside us. And anyone and everyone can receive that. At this point, I would say this has been my experience. I recognize that I'd missed the mark and I pray, God, forgive me and draw me near to you and help me to know you. And in that simple prayer, in that simple action, life changed. This is the simple terms of proclaiming the good news. We recognize that God is good and that we've missed the mark, but the invitation is to come back to him. And this has been my experience. And I'm just witnessing to that. I'm telling you what I've seen and heard. And I want to encourage you that even in this moment, even in 2020, this story, this gospel, this good news still has the power to change people's lives. I believe undoubtedly that we can witness now. Let me tell you some stories. Last week, we had a call to the church office from somebody who was struggling, and they asked if there was someone who could meet with them and speak with them. I said, yes, of course, and we arranged for them to meet us outside and sat six foot apart as we find ourselves doing a lot this year. And this person told me their story, and I said to them, do you know that God loves you? And do you know that he cares for you? And this person had some experience, but, but not the full picture. And I said, do you know that we've, we've messed the mark and we've missed, the, uh, we've missed it? And he, he knew that straight away. And I said, do you know that's not the end of the story? And I told him about Jesus. And in that moment, I prayed for this relationship to be restored and for their past to be forgiven and for them to receive Jesus. It was easy. It was simple. Because Jesus wants everyone to be found. He wants no one to be lost. I've had the privilege of leading a few people to Jesus personally this year. At the beginning of the year, I was involved in a film project called Glimpse, which are short stories and messages that go out on the internet that tell people a little bit about what we believe and why we believe it. And a friend of mine, Mikey, and I have been involved in this with a few other people who contribute and help us with these ideas. And these films they went out on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram at the beginning of the year. And it was the time when people were in lockdown and people were online a lot. Consequently, the films, they went everywhere. The total views for the first six films was 130,000 views, of which if you look into the, the kind of full details of uh, online media, how many of them were watched from beginning to end? It was 30,000 people or views from beginning to the end of the film. And we received so many messages and stories of people finding God and finding Jesus through these films. And I've got to say, it surprised me. It didn't surprise me because I know that the story of God can change lives now. But sometimes when I hear of so many people experiencing Jesus and it changing their lives in that moment, it continues to blow me away, that awe and wonder like we see in Matthew 28, where we experience Jesus and there is this wow and wonder. Sometimes we hesitate, but yet we're all invited to witness to what we've seen and heard. Personally, I never want a year to pass 
where I don't have the privilege of leading at least one person to Jesus. I don't really want a month to pass. And I try and witness frequently in simple terms to what I've seen and heard. I do this because I believe that we can witness now. So may I encourage you, wherever you are, whatever your experience is, that you would know that the heart of God is that he doesn't want anyone to be lost. May I encourage you not to hesitate, not to doubt. Time may be short. We don't know what's around the corner for anyone. Please don't hesitate. Be, don't be like those people that hesitate, that worship and have this wonderful moment with Jesus, but hesitate. Don't hesitate. May I encourage you to love others as Jesus loved them, to declare the good news that God loves you. He always has, and it's his desire to restore what was broken. And yes, we've all messed up. But that's not the end of the story. May I encourage you to tell the good news in that way. And lastly, may I encourage you to offer invitations, to ask people, what do you believe? Would you like to meet this Jesus? This has been my experience. May I encourage you, wherever you are watching this today, may I encourage you to believe that we, which means you, can witness now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news that is bigger than us. Thank you that the authority rests on you and the weight of responsibility isn't on us, but the instruction, the command, the commission to witness is to us. Lord, may we receive that. Father, the Forgive us for the times when we've hesitated and we've kind of shirked our part in this story, which is a good story. Lord, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit so that the story of the God that loves people, that wants no one to be lost, would be heard and would be seen in us and around us. Amen. My closing challenge is over the coming days, over the next week, maybe two, but not too far because I want you to be open to this. May I encourage you to witness to what you've seen and heard. May I encourage you to tell the good news. And may I encourage you to invite a response. You may be surprised. We can witness now. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll catch you soon.